Yes, people. <laughs> Welcome to a uh, new festival echo chamber. We are, uh, yeah, we're covering Sheffield Dock Fest. You know, they are right into their um, their new phase. Their ghosts and appre appreciations. So, um, yeah. After a few technical difficulties, we um, are starting our coverage. So today, we've got um, two documentaries. One, it's a short one, and then we have a feature-length one. So both, <laughs> both very different, right? So um, yeah, people, sit back, enjoy, and um, yeah. Let's get this baby started. Okay, so I just had the chance to uh, check out a new short film from Sophia Bahu Bodanwitz. Bodanowitz? Hmm. That must be it. Okay. So, um, yeah. The film is Point and Line to Plane. So, it's starring Dara Campbell. And um, the original score is by Stefana Fratilla. Um, and sound editing is Jocelyn Mills. Okay, so um, the gist of the film, um, well, it's this, okay? So, devastated after the death of a friend, a young woman attempts to extract meaning from this intense loss as she discovers signs in her daily life and through encounters with the art of Vasily Kalinsky and Hilma Clint. Immense travels that are in at once internal and external, she searches for traces of her friend as connections uncannily accumulate. Shapes and colours from across time and space seem to rhyme with one another, and coincidences offer her precise moments of solace. So it, the film is borrowing its title from Kandinsky's 1926 book, Point and Line to Plane, uh, portrays the phenomenon of magical thinking endured during an individual's journey to process, heal and document a period of mourning, just as A.F. Clint and Kandinsky sought to depict the invisible here the potentially resurrecting properties of perception help to illuminate the power of how we choose to look and moreover how we see so we kind of start this piece with um you know our young lady like she's standing 
don't know. Like, well, I mean, we're seeing images, right? There's, I think we first see a kind of standing in a gallery, possibly. And um, she kind of says, you know, I I looked for Giacomo today, uh, which is her friend who died. And, you know, the film is, it's kind of like this, I don't know, like this thought journey, journal even, right, of her processing this loss you know like she says that you know she got the news while she was away in vienna right and she didn't know what to do because what would you do when you find out one of your best friends is dead and you're not even there right so she's kind of connecting with the things that they shared, right? They both had a love of Kandinsky. So we see her, you know, looking at a lot of Kandinsky's work and imagery. You know, she says that she bought him some uh, magnets from the Guggenheim. And so we see her kind of moving around these magnets, looking at the shapes and everything like that. And she kind of tells us that her grandmother told her that when someone dies, that they wander the earth for 45 days before they pass. And so here we have her kind of searching for Giacomo, you know, like she goes to different places, right? She's traveling around, she's moving, trying to find him. I guess in the, you know, in the ether and in the present, right? She's looking for connections, right? So they both liked Mozart. Well, they liked these mo these chocolates called the Mozart chocolates, which were like milk chocolate um, coated marzipan and uh, pistachio. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, she's like, we see her with those. She cuts one in half and you have the, you know, the, the circular pattern, which is kind of reminiscent of, like, Kandinsky, you know. And then she's looking at the connections with Mozart, right. So a friend was born on the same day as Mozart, you know. Mozart died at 34. Her friend died at 37. So she's trying to find these parallels, these connections with things. She listens to Mozart, trying to immerse herself, you know, seeing if, you know, her friend will make himself present to her. Right? So, um, you know, she discovers that uh, Clint has an exhibition at the Guggenheim, so she goes thinking, oh, maybe here, you know, I can find something, right, because, you know, Clint, before she died, you know, she was like, she wanted to display her work in a, uh, a circular space, 
right? So it never happened in a lifetime. But yeah, now it's in the Guggenheim. So we have this, you know, she's she's doing these things, trying to find something, this connection. And then in between that, we kind of have her just, I guess, looking for, I don't know, looking for meaning in life in itself, you know, watching the sunrise, you know, looking at reflections through windows, you know, just trying to be present, right, so it's, yeah, basically this is about trying to find meaning, trying to find something, and it's not a film where you have this beginning, this middle, this end, right? As I said, look, it's this thought piece, you know, it's this, this, it's this exploration of self, this coping mechanism, you know? So it's very interesting, like the the way she chooses to tell this story, you know, so we have, um, you know, just like pictures of art, we have like, you know, this young lady doing stuff, you know, like dancing and chopping through a chocolate and, you know, things like that, her traveling to the Guggenheim. You know, so you have things like that, but then you just have these shots of a sunrise, shots of space, you know, shots of water. So it's this weird kind of pictorial narrative, but it all kind of fits. It all works. And then overlaying all of this is just this voice talking, narrating, explaining you know, this search, this search for truth, this search for meaning, this search for her friend Giacomo, so, yeah, it's interesting, you know, it is kind of, it is kind of soothing in the way that it is, you know, depicted, put together, explained to you, so, yeah, I would say, you know, it's, it's only 18 minutes, so, you know, it, it's a nice little, I guess, takeaway, you know, a little kind of meditation piece to make you think about stuff, right, but she does then ponder the, you know, the, the state of the relationship, and how, you know, when he had called her the last few times, she said that it did seem kind of unraveled. There was no purpose to the call. You know, it was just pointless conversations. And it seemed to be adrift. And that she didn't take the time to try and see what was up. You know, in the last time, she was just, you know, I'll call you back, and she never did, right? So it's this trying to, I guess, pause, 
you know, realize things, look at the deeper meaning, you know, because with this connection with Kandinsky and Clint, that's what they are doing, you know, looking for the deeper meaning in the shape and the movement, you know, and the color connections and how they merge together. So it's that parallel with life and you know that's what we should be doing so yeah you know if you want to you know try and find some meaning take a little moment to meditate through art then i would say give um you know give point and line to plane a check because it is an interesting little yeah, interesting little piece Okay, so, um, you know, check out Sheffield at Dockfest because um, that's where you'll be able to see it for the next few days. Awesome. So, one of the real interesting and unique things of, you know, covering a festival is you get the opportunity to see stuff that you just probably wouldn't have come across, you know? Um, and one of these features is truthful consequences, right? It's, um, you think it's, it's some abstract, you know, title. It's actually the name of a town. Yeah. It's the name of a town, which is so damn bizarre in itself, right? You think, wait, what? How the hell is a town called that? Well, I mean, that in itself is a long story. And we'll get to that, people. We will get to that. But, um, yeah, the documentary, it's... Um, well, it's the feature, you know, debut from Hannah Gianti. You know, she directed, edited, produced, she wrote it. Um, yeah, cinematography. You know, she had many hats. Uh, another producer on the piece is Sarah Archimabolt. Um, Bill Friesel. He, uh, he created the original score for the piece. Um, Alexander Porter, he co-wrote the piece. He handled the VFX. Um, the photography and some other bits and bobs like that. Uh, Maida Lynn, um, she was an executive producer. And Mary Lampson is a consulting editor on the piece. So, what it is, is a speculative documentary about time and how we weave the past into the present and our possible future. It's set in the small desert town of truth or consequences, New Mexico, the film takes place in the shadow of the world's first commercial spaceport. 
subtly set in a near future where space travel has begun. The film follows five residents who stayed, combining documentary, archival and experimental virtual reality worlds and an improvised score by B Bill Frizzle. Truth and Consequences is a lyrical meditation on progress, history and how we navigate a sense of loss within ourselves and a changing world. So, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> it says a lot, right? It says a lot. And I think this, this in itself, it is a lot. It is a very, it's a strange little piece. And a little, it is, I mean, it's not so little, right? It's 104 minutes, right? So, you know just under two hours, really, um, and, you know, they utilize Kickstarter to help them finish everything off, right, and let's get to it, all right, so, the name, as I said, look, the name is crazy, and it all comes back to the 1950s, right, where, um, Ralph Edwards, who was a you know, a, a celebrity game show host, right? He put out a national challenge for a town to rename itself after his uh, game show, right? So this little spot in New Mexico, Hope Springs, thought that, hey, if we do this, you know, we will get a load of people coming to our town so they changed the name to truthful consequences didn't quite work didn't quite work because they are currently ranked 22nd poorest town in the united states so what kind of ties this into the film is that they've um you know they're using space tourism, you know, the prospect of it as the thing that reinvigorates the town, right? So that is the big thing. The town has, you know, the first commercial space pool, which is crazy, right? It's a, it's a crazy thing. And that is weaved within this um, piece, you know, we sometimes flip back, right, and we see, um, we see this guy who works there, you know, and he's, um, you know, he's in the shop, he's keeping it all tidy and clean, and yeah, they're just waiting, waiting on that time when all these people are going to be flooding in and jumping to the stars, which in itself sounds kind of, kind of, kind of crazy, but yeah, you know, the guy, hey, he, he seems, you know, he seems committed to it, right? He wants to, he says he wants to be able to tell, you know, his grandkids that he was there when it all began, 
which, you know, I guess that's the thing, right? Something that you always, people always want to do. But so the documentary starts, well, we first were traveling down this long, long, long road. And we have, um, you know, a voiceover, right? A guy talking and like, you know, it started with horse-drawn carts and then cars and planes. And now we're in space, you know, and I was there. I was there when it all began. So we have this and um, then a female, you know, she uh, reads the same passage. And then we jump in with um, a guy called George, who it's interesting because he's like a collector, a scavenger, you know. He kind of feels that you learn to cite value in the minor things if you can say there is value, even if there is a small and uninconsequential piece, right? It's um, hope he kind of feels. And so he, he's there scavenging finding like digging like he shows all these places where he's dug and excavated and all the little things he's found like one time he just finds a marble and but that to him is huge you know it's a great day he's found a unique piece you know and it's like he has a museum of such i mean when you look at it, you might not think it's a museum, right? It just kind of looks like all these shelves full of bric-a-brac, right? But, yeah, it's his museum. You know, when he's excavating all of this stuff, he's like, oh, yeah, this piece, this is antique, right? This is an antique piece, but if it wasn't broken, you know, this this would be in any museum, and but they wouldn't take it now, but hey, this works for me, this is good for me, and yet it is it, baffling, but it's something that's kind of drives him, you know, and that is the thing, like we follow these five people, and um, They've all got these vastly different stories and just different outlooks on life, which is, yeah, it is different. It's real friggin' different, right? Um, <laughs> the, the funny thing, well, it's not really funny. Like, because, you know, we're following all of these different people. And um, they don't all seem happy, you know? I mean, like, George and Philip, they seem the happiest. Well, no, and I would say Yvonne, you know. But it's a different kind of happy. You know, like, Yvonne does seem sad as well. But, yeah, 
George and Philip, they're the ones that seem happiest. Philip, he's got his trailer, and, um, you know, he says, like, he bought this thing, and it's called the executive. And, um, you know, it looks like, and he says, equates it to looking like a 70s lounge. And he kind of loves it, right? He, he seems content. But you go to um, some of the others, and they, not so much, right? Not so much, which is, yeah, it's a little sad, right? Because we're, we're looking at these people and everything, and it's just, you know, like um, there's Olin, who's an artist. And, you know, we get to see these pieces, right? And he's, he's got loads of pieces, which are very different and interesting. But, right, he says that he's, you know, lonely. And you just think, damn, right? It, it, it just, it's a little heart-wrenching. You know, because, yeah, people are there and they're just on their own. Like he says, um, well, sometimes maybe I'm telling you the truth and sometimes maybe I'm not. Right? So it's kind of, you know, inventing these realities to keep yourself sane, which is interesting, right? So... One thing, because this, it's filmed over three years, right? So they've taken three years of this footage to, you know, try and create this thing. And they've, you know, molded it to try and tell this story. And you can see that because we hit Katie. We hit, and it looks like, you know, it, it must have been earlier on because... She seems happy, right? She's at work, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I used to tell people about how I used to love this job because, you know, she worked there when she was younger. Then she left, but then she came back. You know, now she's 30, and she's back. And she's like, yeah, I used to tell people about, you know, being here and how much I loved the job, and I like making announcements on the tannoy system and yeah it's great i get to repeat myself and i say things and you know you get to greet people and so yeah you see her then and she seems upbeat and cheerful but then we come back to her a bit later on and it's vastly different right she is you know, trying to cling to an existence. Like, she she feels like there's nothing really for her. There's no one, well, there's not many people her age there. Right? She's very isolated. You know? She feels like there's nothing to kind of drive you. There's everyone's kind of just in their bubble. Right, but no job can give her enough money to really do anything to, you know, continue her education, you know, to travel, 
Like she, at that point, she's like, oh, I'm homeless. You know, she's got no savings. It's, yeah, you feel bad for her, right? It, it just seems bleak, you know, real bleak. Like I mentioned Yvonne, who we, you know, we jump in and out of throughout the piece and man Yvonne is an interesting woman right she says the past reminds me of things I have released my now is appreciate the now you know what my future is I'm you know one that helps make my future but the show must go on right she is She's got this crazy history, and it's really weird, because she will just drop something on you, you know, like, oh, yeah, because you look at her, and she looks, you know, she looks old, she looks haggard, she looks like she has lived a life, right, and she points to her chin, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's where the uh, tiger bit, bit me, you know, and you're just like, wait, what? And she used to work in a circus with her um, husband. And, um, yeah, a tiger nearly took her face off. So you're just like, what? And then, a bit later, she drops this bombshell of her childhood that is just horrific. And you're just like, oh, that is so bad. And then she drops something else, and you're like, oh my god. But these are the people that we're following. And, you know, it's all kind of weaved in amongst, like, this stock footage and, like, these pictures, this old film. Like, there's this old film of, like, people going into a mine shaft. Right, so we in, then interject present footage of Katie exploring in the mine shaft, looking for you know rocks and stuff. Right, so that's how it is, like the old and the new, and then there's these virtual reality images, like to kind of give you this futuristic approach. So, yeah, it, it's this vast sprawling kind of piece it is kind of non-linear right which does give you the feel of like exploring the town you know just walking down the paths and the roads and as you do you know when you walk around you just bump into people and that's what this feels like we're walking the town and we, you know, bump into one of these people. Like, we might see Yvonne, you know, we talk to Yvonne and when we wander a bit more and then we bump into George, right? A bit later we see Katie. Oh, look, and there's Olin and that's how it is. Like, we're seeing these different people and we're getting these different insights and outlooks, you know, on this town, and then we kind of go back, right, and we see 
this dude in the space pool who's you know vastly different from everyone else like the space pool is very well it's kind of sterile looking but it's all you know neat and organized and regimented and none of these other all these other lives are kind of haphazard so yeah it's this weird juxtaposition on just life and everything you know and i guess you know watching this you're kind of looking at it and you kind of feel like yeah like you shouldn't kind of pigeonhole yourself you should definitely grasp for things and you know just try and achieve the things that make you happy because when you're seeing some people that are feeling trapped and alone right you just like i don't want to be that right how can i how can i not right and then you see other people like yvonne who man has had some harrowing shit but does kind of like she is upbeat right she's got her animals she's got some dogs pigeons right she she's really upbeat but it does feel like she in herself is a little bit trapped right so it's just it's really interesting right you i guess it's, it's hard to go oh this is like that right i don't think i've seen anything else like truth or consequences you know it does seem like an original piece which is um you know always good always good to see something fresh and new i don't think it's for everyone you know i mean that's for sure right there's no beginning and end right it's not wrapped up neatly or anything like that you know you 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 don't get to the end and you go well katie was able to you know find a new job and move and now she's happy with loads of friends and living that life Jerry, there's nothing like that right <laughs> which you know i guess it, it works that there's not because life isn't like that right life is complicated and weird and there isn't always a happy ending you know but yeah it definitely gives you an insight you know it, it definitely does that so i guess i think this is for people that have a curiosity you know want to see what like a small town could be like you know want to see like that different look on different realities and life and whatnot i think this will work for for those curious people you know it is interesting right just the way um yeah, just the way Hannah has kind of crafted all of this and 
put it together. Because that's a feat in itself. <laughs> you know, just trying to find the story. You know? Yeah. It's an interesting thing. So, hey. Again, this is showing at uh, Sheffield Dockfest. So, if you've got the time, right? Hey, check it out. Right? Get a glimpse into... Um, a small town in New Mexico, because it is very, very different, people. So, yeah, there you have it. Okay, people, so, yeah, there you have it. Our first day of um, festival coverage. You know, we're going to try and... Um, yeah, bring you stuff over the course of, um, yeah, over the course of this, uh, you know, new stage of Docfest. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of different content. A lot of it is subtitled, which will limit what we can do. But, hey... What we can bring you, we will, people. So um, keep an eye out for the Docfest episodes of Echo Chamber. And, of course, people, always check out just the, uh, you know, the, 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 the normal Echo Chamber every Thursday. But, um, yeah, people, that is us for today. All right? See you next time. A peace.